0: When you look up into the sky at night and see the moon, do you ever think of Mary, our Blessed Mother? You should, and so should I. This is something I became aware of when I was on retreat last month. The priest who said Mass the first day of the retreat, which happened to be the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, made this comparison, which he told me afterward he had read in a book. By Archbishop Fulton Sheen. That didn't surprise me. This sounds like an analogy, a comparison that Sheen would use. And it's a great analogy, first of all, because the moon is not the source of its own light. Rather, it reflects the light from the sun. Sun there is spelled S-U-N, of course. Well, Mary, our Blessed Mother, does something very similar. As many of us know, some of our non-Catholic Christian friends accuse us, Catholics, of worshipping Mary, as if we think Mary is equal to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the three persons of the Blessed Trinity. That, of course, is not true. As Catholics, we do not worship Mary, our Blessed Mother. However, we do honor her precisely because of this, precisely because of the fact that she reflected the light of the sun in her life, and sun there is spelled capital S-O-N. What the moon does in the natural dimension of reality, Mary does in the supernatural dimension, which is why the moon is such a fitting symbol for her and her life. She was not the source of the light she radiated to other people. Please tell that to your Protestant friends. The source was God. The source was her divine Son, Jesus Christ. As she herself said in the Magnificat, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. But Mary didn't just reflect the Lord's light his love, his truth, every once in a while, or when she happened to feel like it, she did it all the time. And that's why, properly speaking, I would say Mary is like the full moon. As we all know, when the moon is full, the side facing us here on earth is fully lit up. No part of it visible to our eyes is in darkness. That full moon is a perfect symbol for our Blessed Mother. Some of you heard my homily on December 8th, the Feast of Our Lady's Immaculate Conception. In that homily, as you will recall, I mentioned a recent Christmas special on Canadian television that had in it a sketch, a comedy sketch, that involved the Holy Family. Now, what really upset me about this show was the fact that they hired none other than Pamela Anderson of Playboy and Baywatch fame to play our Blessed Mother in this sketch. That was blasphemous. Because when we think of Mary, our Blessed Mother, our next thought should not be Pamela Anderson. Ever. Nor for that matter should it be you or I. When we think of Mary, our Blessed Mother, our next thought afterwards should always be Jesus Christ, her divine Son, whose love and truth she perfectly reflected in her life here on earth. So where do Pamela Anderson and the rest of us come into the picture? Where do we fit into this whole scheme? Well, it's really very simple. To use the image I'm focusing on in this homily, if Mary is like that full moon, then each of us, spiritually speaking, is like the moon in one of its many other phases. That statement, I suppose, needs a bit of explanation. Because the moon orbits around the earth roughly once a month, The amount of light that it reflects toward us is constantly changing, is it not, depending on where it is in its cycle. For example, when the earth is directly between the moon and the sun, that's when we have a full moon, because the light moves beyond the earth and hits the moon in its fullness, at least the side visible to us is fully lit up. But there's another point in the cycle, in the lunar cycle, when the moon is directly between us and the sun. That's when we have what's called a new moon. That's the new moon phase. And at that point, we don't see the moon at all from Earth, even on a crystal clear night. It's there, of course, but it appears not to be there. And of course, in between the full moon and the new moon, there are many other phases. During the days between the new moon and the full moon, the amount of light reflected increases, or it waxes, as they say. And during the latter phase, in the days between the full moon and the next new moon, the amount of light reflected decreases or wanes. You didn't know you were getting an astronomy lesson here today, did you? Father Ray, how do you know all this? I looked it up, you know. (laughs) I knew some of it. But you know what I think is amazing, and that's why I'm focusing on it today? Our God is so wonderful. He points us to spiritual truths by the physical nature of the universe. So often he does that. He gives us hints about spiritual truths in the physical reality of the universe. And such is the case here with the moon. See, my point here is not to give a science lesson. My point is to illustrate a spiritual truth. If a person is in the state of mortal sin, for example, in a certain sense, he's like that new moon. In other words, he's not reflecting the light of Christ at all in his soul. As the Catechism says, mortal sin, quote, destroys charity in the heart of a man by a grave violation of God's law. It turns man away from God, who is his ultimate end and his beatitude, by preferring an inferior good to him. I pray there are no new moons here this morning. But if there are, please do remember that the remedy is readily available. It's right there. It's called confession. And praise God, you know, we here in Westerly have a lot of people who go to confession. You don't have that. I was just talking to Father Capoverde yesterday. He's come from another place recently, and he'll tell you. There are not as many confessions in other places. That's a good sign, by the way, because there are sinners everywhere. The sinners are no different. But the awareness of sin here is deeper than it is in most communities, and that's a good sign. A good examination of conscience, followed by a good, thorough, honest confession, can immediately turn a new moon, spiritually speaking, into a waxing moon. And that waxing, that increasing of the light and grace of Christ, can continue throughout a person's life. You never have to go back. Such that the person reflects more and more of the divine light as time goes on. The light of the sun, capital S-O-N. When I was preparing this homily, I thought of a young man who lived back in the fourth century named Augustine, who lived like a new moon for a lot of years, decades in fact. He slept around, he lived with a woman he wasn't married to, He fathered a child out of wedlock, and his mother prayed, as so many good mothers do, and prayed and prayed and prayed for years. But finally, Monica's prayers paid off. Her son opened his heart to Christ, and from that moment until the end of his life, he became like a waxing moon, so to speak, to the point that we now refer to him as St. Augustine. I share that with you to make clear there's always hope. Even for Pamela Anderson. And I'm serious about that. You know, because we are all sinners, we will never be a full moon like the Blessed Mother until we get to heaven. But we can be a waxing moon from now on, if by the grace of God we choose to. And we open our hearts to His grace. And you know, what a great day to begin that process, New Year's Day by making some spiritual New Year's resolutions. I'm sure we all have our resolutions. Lose weight, quit smoking, quit whatever. Those are all good. But first and foremost, we should always have spiritual resolutions. Let me give you a few possible ones today. Number one, resolve to be faithful to Mass every Sunday and every Holy Day, even when you're on vacation. You know, it amazes me how many Catholics think it's okay to take a vacation from Mass when they're on vacation from work or school. Well, it's not okay. In fact, it's a serious sin that needs to be confessed before you go to communion again. Number two, how about this one? How about going to Mass once in a while during the week when you don't have to? Believe it or not, we have 75 to 100 people who come here to St. Pius for morning Mass every single day. And our Mass is early, 7 a.m. And then there's a whole group that goes to Immaculate or St. Clair's, even people from here who like to sleep in for the extra hour. I can't say I blame them. We have a lot of people that go to daily Mass. Ask them how beneficial it is if you don't believe me. Another resolution to consider, examine your conscience every day, preferably at night, after the day is done, and then go to confession at least every month or two. And do that even if you're not conscious of any serious mortal sin in your life. You know, a person who's like a waxing moon, who desires to grow in God's grace and that reflection of the light of Christ, that person will be growing in his awareness of even the little sins in his life or her life. And that person will want to get rid of those things. That explains why so many of the great saints went to confession on a daily basis, or at least once a week. Another possible resolution, read the Bible for at least five minutes a day. Five minutes. And if you say you don't have five minutes, then for heaven's sake, rearrange your schedule, because your life's way out of order, man. If you want to find five minutes, you can. Another resolution to consider, pray the rosary every day. How many of the canonized saints hailed the rosary as a great spiritual weapon against the evils that we encounter in the world? Now, if you don't have a lot of extra time to say a whole rosary all at once, to sit down and do it, well then, keep the radio off in your car. And then say the rosary while you're driving your car to work or going to school or some other place. I have the scriptural rosary on CD. That's Scriptural rosary is where they read a little verse of scripture in between each Hail Mary. I use that scriptural rosary in my car all the time. I love it because those verses keep me focused on the mysteries as I'm praying. And I also focus on the road, by the way. Yeah. God's gifted me, I guess I can do both. And finally, you could resolve to make a holy hour at least once a week. Or if you don't have that block of time in your week, that solid hour to spare, resolve to stop into a Catholic church here, somewhere else, a couple of times during the week, just for one or two minutes of prayer before the Blessed Sacrament. It's a great opportunity to bring your needs, your concerns, your burdens to the Lord and also to get refocused, as we all need to do in the midst of the rat race of life. Those are just some of the possible resolutions we could make if we want to reflect more of the light of the sun, capital S-O-N, in our lives. Through the intercession of Mary, our Blessed Mother, the Mother of God, the Mother of the Church, may each of us follow through on at least some of these resolutions in the new year of 2012 and every year thereafter.